It was an absolutely shocking turn of events. What happened on the recruiting trail today? Going to talk about that and what it means for the Oklahoma Sooners moving forward on today's episode of Locked On Sooners. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Sooner Nation? Welcome to Locked On Sooners. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. You can read my work covering the Oklahoma Sooners over at thesoonerswire.com. Also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners and on Facebook, Locked On Sooners Podcast. And hey, we're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And check us out on YouTube as well. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online for all the best odds, lines, and scores. I've got more props than ever before. Check out Bet Online. It's where the game starts. All right, getting into this. What the heck happened? It seemed like for months and months, the Oklahoma Sooners were the trending favorite for David Hicks. Going into his commitment day, it seemed like everything was all buttoned up and David Hicks was going to be committing to the Oklahoma Sooners. And then it turns out the Texas A&M Aggies made a one final push, and that was enough for the five-star defensive lineman out of Katy, Texas to turn his attention to College Station and the Aggies. Completely shocker. You follow the guys that we follow on, on social media or just in the recruiting world, and everybody was surprised by this. Our guy, Parker Thune, his colleague, Brandon Drum, the guys over at Sooner Scoop, everybody just taken aback and caught off guard by this last-minute commitment. It's just the new world order of recruiting. I mean, these guys can change their mind half a dozen times as you know, offers and renegotiations and new things come to the table. It's just surprising slash disappointing. And another element of what still has to change for the Oklahoma Sooners on the recruiting front, Brent Venables and his staff have done a very nice job over the last nine months at trying to transform the image and the identity of the Oklahoma Sooners on the recruiting trail. They did a really great job in the two months that they had to close out the 2022 class, got several important flips. Grayson Halton, a four-star defensive lineman out of, uh, I can't remember where he's from, but he was originally committed to Oregon. Then they got Armisen Thomas, originally committed to Iowa State, and uh, Kevonte Henry, who was originally committed to Michigan. Very, I mean, those two guys were three-star players, but we've already seen what Armisen Thomas can do on the football field just in the early going in his uh, Oklahoma Sooners tenure. Very explosive pressure player has a chance to be a really, really good player for the Oklahoma Sooners down the road. And yet, despite all of the good things that's happened, the Oklahoma Sooners haven't been able to close on these interior defensive line prospects. Gabriel Brownlow Dindy, Jordan Raynaud, most recently Alabama, and then now David Hicks to Texas A&M. It's, it's tough. It's a tough pill to swallow. Brent Venables, Todd Bates, they've got a great track record. They've got the coaching acumen. They've got the guys in the NFL over the last 20 years that you can point to and say, look at what we've been able to help produce, taking high-level talent, getting them to the next level, getting them to play really good football at Oklahoma so that they can get to the next level. We talked about it on yesterday's show. 
Tommy Harris, Gerald McCoy, Christian Wilkins, Dexter Lawrence, just a few of the guys that played interior defensive line for both Oklahoma and Clemson that have had really productive careers at the NFL level now. They were all American players in their time at college. And so there's a bit of a disconnect happening between what Brent Venables and Todd Bates are able to do and the fact that they haven't been able to close on some high quality interior defensive line prospects in Ray Nod, Brownlow Dindy. Brownlow Dindy was part of the 2022 class and now David Hicks. There's still a transition that's taking place at Oklahoma. There's still something that is, is growing. This is by no means the finished product for the Oklahoma Sooners as Brent Vittles continues to establish a culture and an identity on the defensive side of the football. And yet to be the trending favorite for so long in this recruitment battle, A&M was always there. It was a neck and neck battle for a long time. But I mean, you had guys like Steve Wiltfong, national recruiting director for 247 Sports, projecting the Oklahoma Sooners to get this commitment. And then at the last minute, he flips his crystal ball projection to Texas A&M either at the last minute or just after uh, David Hicks commits, depending on perspective there. But when you have a guy like Parker, who's been highly accurate on his crystal ball projections for the 2023 class, I think something like 96% accurate on his crystal ball projections. When a commitment like David Hicks doesn't go the Oklahoma Sooners way, it's going to be a surprise to everybody. It takes everybody off guard and from reports from Kerry Murdoch of Soonerscoop.com, the Oklahoma Sooners only found out 10 minutes before his commitment that he was going to AM, that he was committing to AM. 10 minutes. 10 minutes. And it's a shame because all we hear about and all we've heard from these, you know, this prospect in particular is what the relationships meant at the University of Oklahoma. Now he's very fond of all the people at, at in College Station, talks glowingly of the relationships he has with the coaches there, people who have been co- recruiting him for quite some time now. That's fine. I get that. At the same time, like where's where's the relationship when you're waiting till just before and then you contact Todd Bates and you let him know, "Hey, I'm going to A&M." Like you don't give him the opportunity to, to have a discussion, have a conversation with you. It's like breaking up with somebody over a text message. It's just, Hey, we're done. No conversation needed. Nothing's going to happen here. Now, Todd Bates, knowing who he is, the kind of guy that he seems to be and the, the kind of guy that everybody talks glowingly about. I'm sure he took it in stride, probably tried to make one last minute pitch, but ultimately was, you know, wish the guy luck and, and, went on his way. But you'd think that after so long in these relationships and, and maybe, you know what? Kudos to, to David Hicks. I'll say for giving him the courtesy of making the phone call. Cause he didn't have to do that either. So I'll give him credit for that. It's not necessary to, to call Oklahoma. He could, you know, Oklahoma could have found out just like everybody else did, but he did make the phone call. But you'd think that that relationship would matter so much that whatever Texas A&M brought to the table, to sway David Hicks to college station would have had a part of a discussion with Todd Bates, Brent Venables and the Oklahoma coaching staff. But that's, that's neither here nor there. 
I'm not going to criticize a high school kid for making a decision that he feels and his family feels is in the best interest of his future. That's his choice to make. 100% it is. It's disappointing and it's frustrating that Oklahoma wasn't able to close out on this commitment, especially on the heels of the Kansas State loss. It's, it's a bit of a disappointment. In the last five days, you had a loss that was frustrating to Kansas State, a you know 41 to 34 game that never really felt like it was that close. And then the surprise loss of David Hicks to the Texas A&M Aggies, a team that you'll see probably in the 2024, 2025 season. If I'm guessing how the schedule lines out, it would not surprise me to see Hicks lining up across from the Oklahoma Sooners offensive line. Great player. And he's got all the tools to be a great player at the college level and best of luck to you. Unless you're playing the Oklahoma Sooners, then I hope you get blocked in all of your situations, but We'll talk next about what Oklahoma still has to look forward to, where they go from here. And we'll turn our attention a little bit to TCU as well. But first, let me talk to you about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and the easiest place to bet on all your sports and get the best player developments and team matchup news around. Oklahoma's coming in this game right now as a minus six and a half favorite over at Bet Online, and you can get in on the action there whether it's NFL, college, Major League Baseball, the NBA and the NHL seasons are just around the corner, go to Bet Online. It's where the game starts. Okay, so the Oklahoma Sooners still in a really good place. I mean, they have the number six ranked recruiting class for the 2023 cycle and a group of defensive linemen, you know, three guys in defensive end, Adepoju Adabare, five-star player, defensive end, Colton Vasek, four-star player, and defensive lineman into he, he could probably play both interior and on the edge. One of those, uh, you know, 260, 270 pound guys. It's going to probably be a three technique for you. And Derek LeBlanc, another four star guy. So you're sitting really good. Like your defensive line prospects that are coming in in the 2023 class, they're really good players and you're ecstatic to have them. It still hurts though to lose David Hicks, but you like where you're headed on the defensive side of the football in the 2023 class. I mean, this team has, you know, again, the number six ranked recruiting class. They've got two five stars in this class and they are, um, all right, I'm trying to pull up these ranks right now, but they still have a chance to flip some commitments from several guys. They've got one, you know, one more commitment in, or one more prospect that they're really targeting heavily. Malachi Coleman, uh, the wide receiver tight end combo out of Nebraska that is, looking to choose between Nebraska and the Oklahoma Sooners. You're able to land that commitment. It'll help boost your offensive profile, which you're already going to have a pretty good one under with Jackson Arnold and Caleb Hicks and Jaquez Petaway and Anthony Evans. Sorry, not Jaquez Petaway. Yeah, Jaquez Petaway, Anthony Evans. Um, the offense is already looking really good. So now it's just the defensive side. We got to see, like, can they find another defensive line prospect that they can target? and potentially flip or, you know, somebody that they can, they haven't really been after yet that they want to bring into the fold. I mean, they need another kind of stout dude on the interior, kind of one of those guys that can bulk up to be a 300, 310, 320 pound defensive lineman because they don't really have that guy right now. They don't have the dude that aside from a Jeffrey Johnson who will be graduating at some point, you don't have the guy that can just be a load in the middle and, take on blocks and not let offensive linemen get to the second level. And David Hicks, 
in addition to his athleticism and his size, his strength was incredible. You could rely on him to kind of take some double teams and kind of free up some room for the rest of your defensive line. And he could still potentially win, even though he's being double teamed. That's how good of a player this guy is. We'll see how it translates when he gets to the college level. But for Brent Venables for the Oklahoma Sooners, they still have a couple prospects and you know Ryan Yates, Peyton Bowen that have consider, continued to consider Oklahoma as a possible destination, even though they're committed to Notre Dame and LSU respectively. The door is kind of cracked open a little bit for Oklahoma. And if they were able to add those two guys, that could kind of change the perception of this recruiting class a little bit, even though they did lose David Hicks, they could still end up with the top five uh, recruiting class. Still where they're at. It's a good spot. I don't think we're too concerned about Oklahoma on the recruiting front. Brent Venables and his staff have shown that they're really, really good recruiters. They proved it in the 2022 cycle. They've done so over the last few months during the summer in the 2023 cycle. Now it's about recovering and figuring out, okay, what do we do next? And I think what happens probably is between now and national signing day is they do find a player that wants to flip. I mean, we're going to have a whole coaching carousel at some point this season. I mean, we've already seen Nebraska lose its head coach. We've already seen, um, Arizona state lose their head coach. If things keep going the way they're going for Texas, there's no telling what could happen there with Steve Sarkeesian. So there are potential openings that could create players that are committed right now to certain schools that decide they want to take a look elsewhere. There's also the transfer portal that could open doors for Oklahoma to add some interior defensive line talent as well. So that's kind of where it's at. It's unfortunate. It's disappointing. It's a bummer. Like I was fully prepared to come on tonight and talk about David Hicks and, and Josh and I were going to break down what it meant for the Oklahoma Sooners to get a, a talent like David Hicks into the fold. But here we are. We're, we're, uh, we're kind of singing a sad song a little bit. And again, best of luck to David Hicks and uh, except for when they play the Sooners. One question that still lingers in my mind is like, how are they going to play all that defensive line talent at one time? You can only play so many defensive linemen. I mean, you could decide to go with a bear front and go five, one or, uh, you know, a five, two, three or something like that if you want to, but that, that kind of exposes you a little bit uh, to the passing game. So it'll be interesting to see how Jimbo Fisher manages to find enough snaps for those guys here in the next couple of years. But it's, it's a talented group of defensive linemen that, that he's, uh, that he's acquired. Um, for the Texas A&M Aggies, and, and David Hicks is one of those. As we begin to look at Texas Christian University, the Horned Frogs, I, I feel weird about this game. I don't think that we're going to see the Oklahoma team that we saw last week against Kansas State, but I do think that TCU is a good enough offense to give Oklahoma fits in a different way than Kansas State did. I think you know Brent Venables talked about how they have some of the better skill talent that they've seen this season. And I think that's true with, you know, Quentin Johnston, Kendra Miller at running back and a, and a team that will spread the ball around quite a bit. Uh, we're we're going to have Steven Simcox of locked on horn frogs on uh, for a later episode that'll drop tomorrow morning. 
that uh, you know kind of shares some of his his thoughts, his insights on on what's going on with TCU and and their hot start to the season three and zero, beating Colorado and SMU. They beat SMU on the road in a forty two to thirty four win this past weekend. So pretty good offense. You know SMU might not be the best defensive in the world, but TCU was able to put up forty two points. It, you don't do that by accident, even against you know average or potentially bad defenses. So. It'll be interesting to see how Oklahoma decides to match up against Quentin Johnston because he's not been super productive this season. But we also saw with Adrian Martinez coming into last week's game, he hadn't really been super productive this season. And then he had this huge breakout game. We're not going to sleep on Quentin Johnson. I've already seen enough of him to know like he is capable of taking over a football game if you are not careful. And I don't think the Oklahoma Sooners will sleep on him either because of what he did last year uh, to the Sooners in Norman. Um, even though it was a big win for the Sooners, Quentin Johnson still went off, had a great game. But right now, Max Duggan, he's one of the most efficient passers in the country, has a 77% completion percentage. You you take away the drops and the throwaway, he's completing 87.9% of his passes. That's a, an incredible number. He hasn't turned the ball over either. Like Dylan Gabriel, they've been really careful with the football, but he's been able to lead TCU on some long scoring drives and help get them a lot of points. Uh, to make up for a defense that is kind of giving up a lot of points. The defense has not been really tested except for against, you know, Tanner Mordecai and the SMU Mustangs. And so it'll, it'll be really interesting to see. I, I just kind of on the surface, I look at this one, I think it's going to be a fairly high scoring game. I think both teams could reach the thirties, even though Oklahoma's defense could bounce back this week and have a really good game. I'm kind of in prove it mode again. Like I, I want to see them prove it before I'm ready to say, okay, yeah, they're going to be, um, able to hold teams consistently to you know 25 or less based on what I saw out of the Kansas State game. I, I, like That's where I'm at. I'm in improvement mode. I do think that Oklahoma is the better team in this one. I do think they have the better depth and the better talent. I, I would like to see Oklahoma, especially on defense, kind of roll into that depth a little bit more. I think they played too many guys, too many snaps. You, you look at the snap counts and you know four-year guys played every single snap and and Kansas State ran 85 snaps, 85 plays in that game. That's too many. That's too many snaps for, for your defensive players to play. you got to be able to go into the well and get you know, into the depth chart to be able to find you know find something, find, find an extra burst of energy. I would like to see them go back to, to playing a guy like Jaron Kanick or Mason Thomas, giving them some snaps on the field after having some productive you know, moments earlier in the season. It's going to be interesting to see how, how Oklahoma attacks this one. I think they come out sharper both on both sides of the football. But I do still think that TCU is going to be able to do enough offensively to cause Oklahoma's defense fits and we'll put some points on the board. So we'll continue to break down the game. We'll get you ready for uh, Oklahoma and TCU on our Thursday night, Friday morning episode uh, when Josh will be back with me to break that down. But um yeah, it, I think it's it's going to be good for Oklahoma to get on the football field for the players and the coaches and for the fans. I, I'm eager to get back on the football field watching a football game and not concerned about the Kansas State loss anymore. That's done. It's in the rear view. You, you only got – all you can do is just get better and then put the David Hicks um, commitment to Texas A&M in the rear view as well because those two things like – kind of a bummer of a week for Oklahoma, but it can all be set right and all can be right with the world with a strong performance against the TCU Horned Frogs 
on Saturday. That game will take place at 11 a.m. in Fort Worth and on ABC. So get ready for that. It's going to be a great week of uh, Big 12 games as well. And Josh and I will pick those games on our next episode uh, or the Friday episode to get you ready for a, a fun weekend of college football. Every every weekend in the fall is a fun weekend because we get college football. But that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Sooners. Thanks so much for tuning in. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Again, we're free and available on all platforms. Go subscribe to the show over on YouTube as well. And we'll be back to discuss and break down uh, more of TCU later in the week. Uh, again, be on the lookout for my interview with, or the episode with Steven Simcox of Locked On Horn Frogs, where we kind of give you a little bit of both uh, perspectives on what the big storylines are heading into this game, matchups that we're looking forward to watching, and we, what we think the keys to, to a Oklahoma and a TCU win might be. So great show there. Again, follow me on Twitter at John Nye Williams. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners and on Facebook, Locked On Sooners Podcast. And again, subscribe to the show over on YouTube. But until next time, for my colleague Josh Helmer, who's off uh, helping his girlfriend celebrate her birthday, happy birthday to you. Um, I'm John Williams. We'll catch you then. Boomer sooner.